Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the first ever edition of the After Stang Show. I'm Billy joined by SMU outside linebacker, defensive end. Yeah, uh, I remember saying that. You're right. Uh, we're going to jump right into your comments. appreciate you guys listening in on YouTube right now. This will be available um, on all our platforms after the show. We are live with Joe's Bagels in Mockingbird Plaza, so you can listen to us at every home game uh, after the fact. Uh, it's a late night game. You can come to shows after hours and catch us here. So um, we appreciate you guys listening uh, wherever you're catching this right now. So I mean, uh, yeah, everybody was really excited really to get the first game going. And it was it was really about putting our fundamentals together. And, you know, we had a game plan and we executed it perfectly. And it was the results show, you know, we hit everything on the dime. And when it comes to SMU, that defense that you guys revamped in the offseason were able to you know, put it all together um, in this game. What was your mindset uh, coming in to this game? Mindset was um, first individually is really get, uh, get my technique right. Um, really encouraged my brothers next to me. And uh, all together, we just really had to communicate on the field and just. You know, for me, as I as I watch the game unfold, um, you guys with this defensive rotation that you now have. That you guys have going into this season and just how did it feel actually putting it into game action now? I have, you know, Isaiah Smith and Cam Robinson. We're all elite rushers, so if I feel um, the D line, they really, they have it all. I mean, they have the technique, they got the strength, the speed, mobility, and they're all a dominant force. So I believe they all can get it done. And when you guys are out there against mm-hmm. the Louisiana Tech team that has plenty of firepower with a guy like Smoke Harris. Mm-hmm. When you saw that on tape, what were you guys able to see that you guys could attack early on? Mm-hmm. It was it was really the fact that uh, we had a, a whole lot of speed. Um, we had a really a lot of talent on our side, and it was exploiting what we knew, exploit our skills and just displaying exactly what we were meant to do while we were taking into it. Mm-hmm. I want to talk to a little bit about him. He gets the start. Mm-hmm. He comes from a big time program in Texas, but he rolls early. What did you see from him on campus that he was able to get a you 
almost had some info. Yeah. Um, really starting out in practice, you know, he's a fast guy. You know, he's always – if he's not making the play, he's always nearby. And um, on that field, once I seen him strike through the hole and just get the sack, I was just like, it's, it might be his game. To come away with a win, week one is great. Was that something you guys talked about even behind the scenes going into this one? Hey, gotta keep this going. Can't let that happen. That's exactly what it was. Um, you know, I'll do – one game at a time, you know, that's uh, that's a futuristic aspect. So we just got to dial into what we have now and just focus on our goals. And now that you guys have that SEC, I know you're a senior, you're not going to be able to play in this yeah. one. What, what does that mean from the school, from your perspective? You know, this school, this school has a history of, you know, success. And it never dialed down. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty proud of the program on, you know, achieving this huge milestone. And you know, I'm not going to be there, but you know, all my brothers that you know are right behind me, I can't wait to see what they do in the future. And I want to see what they really bring to all these other schools. Preston Stone, what he was able to do uh, in this game, managing the offense. What, what did you see from him in his preparation, and, and just you know him. Pushing the right buttons on the offense. It's really um his his bonding skills with them. Uh, like he executes each aspect of the wideouts, the O linemen, um, running backs. You know he dials into each one of them so they can do their job. And you know he, it's really him having the best ball placement. You know just being there at the right time because they're gonna get the job done because he sets them to a line like that. You guys got your ball camp. It's in the books. <laughs> What was it like facing that offense in fall camp and playing this guy, Jalen Knight? Man. But, you know, it's supposed to play like him. LJ Johnson goes off. Did y'all meet your expectations that you see them out there on the field? You know, they, they, they did pretty good. They were, um, you know, moving fast, but we, we got a whole lot of fuel left in that tank. Um, you know, the players are really great. Uh, Jalen, quick, fast. Um, I would say, you know, they, they re they really have a lot, a lot of skill, a lot of, you know, structure built in their offense and I'm ready to, I'm ready to see what they can do next week. You guys, yeah, that's a, that's a game that you guys probably have circled off in a little piece of the off season, right? Do you guys think like that as players at all? I mean, you got to think about the big games, but. You really, uh, you can do what you are set to do. You know, we do our best to game plan what we can, but it's really about the execution and really like mentally being bought in. Uh, when it comes to what you guys have to do in an environment, how much does playing in Maryland last year help you guys? The atmosphere was pretty great. Um, you know, their fans, uh, they hyped them up, but they also hyped us up. So, Really having a great atmosphere. Well, it'll bring the uh, communication out. It'll bring the structure that, if we're lacking any, it'll bring it out. You know, really being persistent and consistent at our job. So we we don't have really much time for mistakes and gaps. So we got we got to do the best we can. Was there anything you noticed on the field today that right away you get done with this one and you can say we got to get that? 
defense, offense wise, or just defense wise? It is a hard question. I mean, um, man, I mean, there are some there are some gaps that we really could narrow down on the front line, but we're pretty solid at that. Um, I would say hinging down the secondary to like really a no fly zone. But other than that, I feel like we're pretty, pretty good, solid. Who surprised you this week, just overall? Anyone that, that really, as you said, stepped up? Uh, I, honestly, I feel like we all stepped up. I don't really see an individual really prospering like that. Um, yeah, I, we all did our jobs. We all, we all were in the backfield. They were making plays when they needed to be made. Yeah, I can't think of one. We, I guess we're all great. Yeah. <laughs> hey, one and zero undefeated. Yeah. still on that side of things. When you look at the season, how excited are you for this last line for yourself? And to, and maybe you don't want to look ahead, but there's there's a lot, you know, with this team that says you guys could go pretty far this year. Yeah, and I really see that too, but. In my head, I'm really taking it one game at a time. I'm trying to enjoy the moment. Um, this is my last ride. I'm trying to enjoy it with my brothers, you know, connect with them more. And it's really a, really doing better in practice, you know, doing the small things better so it can just end up in the game being really successful. And, you know, I just I, that's that's what I really feel about the defense right now. Yeah. Well, that was Paul. Thanks a lot. Get to uh, kick this off with Thank a fellow you. Florida native, so uh, always, always get to uh, chat down with the sun, sunshine uh, state. They, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, Thank you. Thank you so much for coming, and uh, appreciate it. We'll maybe catch you next uh, later this year. Yes, sir. All right. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Yep. Anytime. Thanks a lot. There he is, Nelson Paul. I'll take that from you. One, and uh, you can enjoy the rest of your Saturday. Love a.m. kicks. Can't wait. Yep. Thanks a lot, Nelson. Have a good one. So there he is, Nelson Paul, heading off now to uh, enjoy the rest of his Saturday. This was a, a early 11 a.m. kick for SMU, um, and so appreciate him taking some time after the game to uh, come by and chat with us. Um, I was told a little um, technical difficulties on my end um, for me, so um, now I put the headset on, so hopefully you guys can hear me a little bit more as we're coming at you guys live from Shug's Bagels in Mockingbird Plaza. I think I look at this game and what SMU was able to do um, from just an overall control perspective. They weren't allowing Louisiana Tech to kick the door in a little bit um, or, you know, come back and claw their way in. This was a game that I think the defense really stood out to me in a big way because of that. They were able to take control. They were able to really just completely dominate a Louisiana Tech passing attack that has Hank Bachmeyer, one of the more experienced transfer quarterbacks that was out there in the market. They had Smoke Harris, who came off 150-yard performance uh, in week zero against FIU, but he was bottled up. His yards after the catch, very limited on uh, Saturday. So um, for SMU to do that, that really stood out. Um, Nelson Paul had a sack. Um, Corey Roberson had a sack. Elijah Roberts had a half sack. Alex Kilgore had two sacks as well. 
Um, so SMU's new look defensive front really stood out to me, caught my eye, and they were able to, um, you know, really get that done uh, up front. So um, Rhett Lashley does know there are some things to clean up. And for SMU, uh, they're going to have to do that quick as they head to Norman next week. You know, I, I don't know. I, the concern would be when I go back and look at why, right? Um, so after I see why, then I'll know how concerned it should be. And I'll be honest, I was pretty – I mean, I was really boring and stubborn today. Um, game one, we did it last year against North Texas too. Like, you can be too crazy and too complicated. You get all this time, and it's like, man, game one – New starting quarterback, but not that he's not experienced, but just all the new guys. Like we got new guys all over the place on offense, and if if you try to do too much, you know that's where sometimes you don't execute very well. We didn't bust a lot. I know I mentioned the one on the first drive. That's like the only one in my head I can really think about. So we knew what to do. We played fast. Maybe we got to execute better, or maybe I got to give them better play calls. It may be a combination of both. We'll go back and see. I mean, you never want to not pick up third and one, fourth and one, those kind of things. So that. I don't know about concerning, but it's got to get fixed. There is the first of uh, a lot of reaction to come into the after out at the after staying show uh, live from Shug's after hours. Because we're going to be here all season long uh, for these home games. Whenever SMU kicks off at home, we'll be right here at Shug's Bagels in Mockingbird Plaza covering the game afterwards. So we'll get done with post game, as you heard from Rhett last year right there. We've got some Alex Kilgore and Preston Stone reaction to game one as well uh, that we'll get to. But look, I, I think everybody watching the SMU football team going into this one, a lot of them were wondering how would all of this um, come together for this team with so many new faces. 25 um, transfers were added to the team this year. Um, and for SMU's offense, it wasn't perfect. They didn't come out necessarily firing on all the cylinders. But as Preston Stone said after the game, they cleaned things up, they got some momentum, and they got rolling. Um, well, that, that one-play touchdown to Jordan was, was a huge uh, momentum swing for us. Um, you know, we came out the first two drives and really felt like we were rolling and clicking. Um, and then, you know, we converted twice on third down. They both got called back. Um, it was just unfortunate turn of events. And then Jordan really gave us the spark that we needed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And for Preston Stone, uh, he goes out in his first career start at Ford Stadium. He started last year against Tulsa, um, but this year he got that first career start at Ford. He finishes off his first start in Ford, 23 of 37 for 248 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, wasn't sacked, um, and he was also able to add three carries for 11 yards. I think watching Preston Stone today in this game, you got a sense for that ability to extend plays, kind of run around and not necessarily, you know, have a situation where you're taking a shot and trying to force something. He had an early throw down the field that was into triple coverage, but it was third down. Um, he settled in really well, I felt, uh, later in the game. Rhett Lashley commented that he was 
you know, playing like they wanted him to and just be pressed and don't try to be somebody you're not. I felt like watching this offense, things really clicked um, right after that Jordan Hudson long touchdown pass, um, which is why SMU brought him in from TCU, the former five-star transfer. He has a 67-yard touchdown that started the scoring for SMU. From there, it was kind of a surprise. You were standing there watching the press box if you were me, and Louisiana Tech takes over. They get the ball, and Oklahoma transfer Corey Roberson in his first action since the 2021 season bats a ball down, intercepts it, and takes it back for a 16-yard interception return for a touchdown off Hank Bachmeyer. SMU went up 14-0. They then were able to get the ball back. They get a Colin Rogers field goal as SMU wasn't able to get it done in the red zone. Uh, but for SMU, uh, this is now a game where you can kind of build off of some of the things that they did well here and there throughout um, the contest. And one transfer, I think, and this is a this is a team littered with them that really stood out to me is LJ Johnson. And if you've been watching our On the Pony Express podcast or are a subscriber to OnThePonyExpress.com, you can join for just a dollar for your first month or 50% off your first annual subscription. We've been talking about LJ Johnson since the spring because he came on so well for SMU in the spring and he had a great spring game. He followed that up with a strong fall camp. Um, and I think for LJ Johnson to come out with 14 carries, 128 yards, including a long of 67, as well as a touchdown, uh, that was um, that was good to see. And he complimented Jalen Knighton really, really well. I was giving the thumbs up. Nelson Paul was checking on our audio outside. We've got a speaker set up out here. So once after hours does get going at 6 p.m. and beyond for some of these games that are later, We'll be having a live broadcast out here. We're going to try to get a way to uh, get our questions live um, from people who are maybe having a bagel out here or whatever. But LJ Johnson, Jalen Knighton complimented each other really well. Jalen Knighton comes in as the Miami transfer, 17 carries, 66 yards, um, and really was able to kind of chip away at that defense with his physical style of running. He's not the biggest guy in the world, um, but he's able to – really lower his shoulder and despite his helmet popping off uh, multiple times in the game you could tell he has that edge and I noticed that from some of the Miami guys Jordan Miller held it down the middle on defense Elijah Roberts um, he showed flashes of what he can do on the edge Romello Brinson Keyshawn Smith they all kind of showed a little bit of that swagger that maybe this team needed and I think it started with Jalen uh, Knighton today so he had a really, really good performance. I felt like it was just kind of tough sledding for him at times. Uh, his long run of the day was for 12 yards. So that's something where um, SMU is going to work on cleaning up and trying to get him a little bit more involved um, with explosive plays for sure. But he was able to also catch some passes as well from Preston Stone. So um, it was a good day in that regard, kind of getting those guys into the mix early for SMU. Um, Jalen Knighton finished with two receptions for six yards. Um, he would have had uh, some room to run if uh, he maybe would have gotten the ball a little quicker on a flat route, but um, it was not to be. So um, I think for SMU, they were able to manage the overall tough situation they were put in with the ACC in a way. You have that excitement from Friday. I mean, I can't imagine how you focus on a football game when – Players are thinking about Clemson and Florida State coming 
Ford Stadium in 2024. You've got Louisiana Tech barely beat FIU. They're coming in, SMU's at home, all those things. But they were able to circle the wagons and really kind of focus on that. And I think that was really important. That's a concern. I mean, look, yesterday was a real um, positive distraction. But still, you know, um, it was something that was dominating the new cycle and dominating the things here on our campus and in our city. And, um, you know, I thought they did a really nice job of, of focusing on and being present. I mean, we know what that means for the future, but the present was today and this season. And um, I thought you can tell that the way we came out playing the first half, they did a nice job of not letting that kind of get in the way. Obviously, it's very exciting news and something that um, that was very exciting for us to hear. Um, but, you know, at the same time, it's not necessarily at the forefront of our mind. You know, um, our main priority, main focus is trying to do everything we can to bring this university the first championship it's had in 40 years. And um, we're in the AAC right now, so that's where our head's at right now. And obviously, that's something that we're, we're all really excited about. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So SMU was able to focus, lock in, and get the win at home. 38 to 14 uh, on Saturday against Louisiana Tech. And for those of you joining us now on our live stream, we are at Shug's Bagels in Mockingbird Plaza. They have Shug's After Hours beginning at 6 p.m. So stop by for a bagel. We'll be long gone. Uh, they've got all sorts of good stuff um, that people can get. Um, but uh, because of the 11 a.m. kickoff, we're here all alone. But we do have a speaker outside. So if you were around, come say hi uh, to uh, me now as uh, Nelson Paul joined us earlier in the podcast. Um, for, for SMU, looking at Alex Kilgore, and if you've been a longtime listener to the On the Pony Express podcast, We've been a big proponent of Alex Kilgore and what he's going to bring to SMU's defense. I made a comment to somebody, and I'm, I'm sorry to Alex for putting this on him already, but I think he's somebody that when we looked at him as a recruit, I was trying to put together this case that he should be a four-star, and I'm a big believer of that. And the reason why is I just felt like with what he did at Katie Paytow, both sides of the ball, state champion, excellent student, and just has that frame that you can't teach and that athleticism that's really impressive. It felt like he was going to make an impact early. And honestly, it wouldn't be surprising for me to see him be the highest drafted SMU player in recent history on the defensive side of the ball. I'm that high on him long term. He's obviously going to be playing a ton of football in the ACC. And uh, for Rhett Lashley, they're very high on his future as well. Yeah, I think was it the first, second, third play somewhere in there you got a sack? Um Alex is a special freshman. I mean, we think he's going to have a great career here, and he can run. He's he's very instinctive. He just he just knows how to play the game, and I think I think he shot a gap there and, and made the play. And you know, we're we think he's going to have not only a big year but a big career. And for Alex Kilgore, I mean, he finishes up his day um, with two sacks, and he actually got a hit late in the game on Hank Bachmeyer. Um, so he should, probably should have had a maybe one more pressure on there, but finishes with three total tackles. He had two sacks for 12 yards 
lost uh, for Louisiana Tech. That's a terrific start for him. And for him to make his impact early, I think really helped him. And I actually asked him after the game, have you always been able to adjust quickly to either a rising competition or have you been comfortable in tough situations early on? Um, and here was his response. Uh, yeah, yes, I guess, um, especially from last year. But I can say Coach Crone, Ahmad, all those guys in the linebacker room have – we've all prepared well enough that it almost wasn't even like it was a game. You know, we've all paired, prepared really good throughout the week and fall camp, spring ball, and everything. And, and I mentioned that Katie Paytal program uh, in particular because they do have a lot of talented players that have come out of there. David Hicks is going to suit up for Oklahoma. Um, he's a he's a really talented uh, football player that, that they're getting – um, you know, right off the jump. I'm sorry, Texas A&M. And David Hicks, the defensive lineman, who's a five-star, and Damian Sanford were two of his teammates on that Katie Paytow defense. And, you know, Alex Kilgore, I saw Damian Sanford. I saw Alex Kilgore. I felt like Alex Kilgore was a high, higher upside guy. But one thing he'll tell you is that Katie Paytow program really prepared him for the next level. And he came in in January, and, you know, his head was kind of swimming a little bit. But Scott Simons, the SMU defensive coordinator, and we've talked about this, wrote about it on the site. If you ever ask him about Alex Kilgore, he gets a little bit of a grin on his face because he knows how good he's going to be long-term. But ultimately for Alex, him being able to step in is a product of that competition down there at that Katy area program. Um, being around talent. Because <laughs> uh, I think a lot of what people struggle with is uh, competition. I wouldn't even call it competition, just hanging around a lot of talent around you. And just having David Higgs as an offense, uh, as a defensive lineman helping the helping me out, uh, Damian Sanford, you know, we've always competed. You know, when David Higgs came in, it was always us three practicing, doing moves, just creating things, anything that could help us improve our game to the next level. And it's kind of like this year. So – uh, Alex Kilgore, definitely one of the player of the players of the game for SMU in this case. Um, another thing I, I think that I took away from this one is watching the SMU secondary. I think they're a unit that has played with a little bit more of an edge now that they've added a guy like Jonathan McGill. He made a big hit early in the game. Uh, Charles Woods, he did get called for a pass interference penalty kind of right after SMU had not gotten a couple calls go their way uh, that Rhett Lashley was kind of fuming about. Uh, but with Charles Woods, he had a pass breakup. He is one of the more athletic guys out there. You see that burst that he has when he goes to break up a pass. Um, he had a really just excellent textbook breakup in this game. Um, so he's kind of a game changer for SMU uh, in the secondary because they haven't had a lockdown corner in quite some time. So um, I felt like the secondary was a positive for the most part. The job they did on Smoke Harris, who absolutely lit up FIU last week, um, his final stat line, seven receptions for 47 yards with a long of 22, which means he caught six balls for 25 yards on the other receptions. He was targeted 10 times, and he only had 12 yards after the catch. Big note there as SMU was able to keep him in check. We are live at Chugs Bagels in Mockingbird Plaza. They open at 6 p.m. 
four chugs after hours. So swing by then and get yourself a bagel. They've got great sandwiches, great staff here. Uh, appreciate them for letting us stop in here uh, each week uh, for SMU home games and film this post game show. Uh, when SMU is on the road, we're going to be doing this from the comforts of my home. So excited about that. Um, don't have to wait around for post game, but for SMU, one of the things that I think that they've got to take they've got to clean up heading into Norman next week is they have to clean up the kicking game. And Colin Rogers missed two of his three goal attempts. Uh, he did make a 34 yarder. He was perfect on extra points, but he missed a 49 yard field goal attempt and he missed a 36 yard field goal attempt that clinked off the upright. And I, I think he's a guy that coming off of an injury, he got, um, I, I think it was his back. He got that cleaned up in the off season. Uh, didn't do much in the spring at all. Went home, worked on his craft, was able to kind of focus in on that. Um, for him, I think this is maybe something to keep an eye on just over the course of this season, because, you know, he came into SMU and kickers are really hard to evaluate. Um, you could be the number one kicker in the country. You can be the number two kicker in the country. Sometimes they work out, sometimes they don't. But one thing that does take time sometimes is for these guys to hit their stride. Um, but one thing that I, I think was a little bit more concerning than maybe I uh, anticipated was, you know, the two kickoffs out of bounds. That stuff that, you know, after the second one, Rhett Lashley took him aside. I was watching from the press box above and he kind of had his arm around him, definitely talking to him, talking through some things. So going into next week, SMU can't leave points on the field. You know, that's an Oklahoma team that um, I hadn't gotten a chance to catch the final score of that one just yet. There it is, 73 to nothing with 67, 66 of those 73 points coming in the first three quarters against Arkansas State. It is Arkansas State. I think they're going to be a bad football team this year. But um, you're going to need every bit of offensive output um, if you're SMU going into Norman. And uh, this question comes from pro probation coach. Um, shout out to uh, that era of SMU basketball. Um, but he asked, what's the biggest takeaway? I think the kicking game is one that's really got to improve. Um, I talked about Colin Rogers, but I felt like the punting game with Ryan Buczewski was terrific. Three punts, 153 yards with a long of 53. So really consistent there from him. I thought he really pinned Louisiana Tech back a little bit, which was important. Um, but another thing, I think the red zone scoring chances, SMU does go three of four, but one of those was a field goal attempt. And I, I think just there was some choppiness here and there that you don't necessarily love. Um, if you're SMU down in that area of the field, um, they tried a couple different things. I know they wore them down um, late in the game and were able to get that LJ Johnson one yard touchdown run. Um, but all their other touchdowns did not come in the red zone, I don't believe. Let me see. Oh, no, Nolan Matthews Harris caught a nine-yard touchdown um, and then the 34-yard field goal. So um, that is something that, you know, I feel like SMU early in the game, they weren't able to maybe do as well of, you know, the first two red zone possessions, they were uh, forced to, uh, they were, they were um, they, I believe they turned it over on downs, but they did kick a field goal, but then they came back and that's when um, Nolan Matthews Harris caught that touchdown pass. And I think one of the things that I was impressed by is the tight ends. I think SMU involved them at a pretty good level um, to get Nolan Matthews Harris a look 
Preston Stone had great touch on that pass, dropping it in there um, very well um, for that touchdown, a nine-yard touchdown. That, that's got to feel good if you're Nolan Matthews here, a guy that you know has been banged up in the past and got healthy and needed to hit the reset on his kind of career here at SMU because the Mustangs needed a second tight end that has a big frame to step up and, and really emerge. And I think that um, Nolan Matthews Harris was able to do that today. He got on the field a good bit. Um, and RJ Maryland as well, five receptions, 58 yards and a touchdown. Um, and, and I think one, you saw how talented he is um, with the, um, you know, catch that he had over a couple defenders that one hung up in the air a little bit too long for my liking. I think that's, that is probably intercepted against Oklahoma next week, but you can see the type of athlete he is. And he added about 15, 20 pounds in the off season so that he could hold up a little bit better and run blocking. Um, he's really been um, terrific in that regard. So um, the tight ends were a really big plus um, in terms of need to work on. And Rhett Lashley kind of talked about this a little bit, uh, post game as well, but we'll, we'll kind of save save that for you guys. It's the full videos on uh, our YouTube channel right now. But he said, you know, he was stubborn and he really. It sounded like he wasn't trying to show too much because he referred back to the North Texas game last year, where they were kind of vanilla. And honestly, I might have to go give that game thread a read on our message board because he didn't want to show that much. But one thing I would counter and say is that they do have that jet flip sweep play, however you want to call it, in their playbook. And it really didn't do much for me this game. And I know it's game one could be a timing thing, but there was opportunities for Jordan Curley um, and, and a couple others there to maybe pick up some yards and make some plays. But that wasn't able to happen. And I, I think for me, the jet sweep, if you're doing it, you're either trying to set something up, which Rhett Lashley could very well be doing for next week in Norman, give it the little, you know, flip forward, fake flip forward and Preston Stone drops back and, and maybe you get some movement out of that defense of Oklahoma's. But, you know, I think for me, some of the timing was just a little off here and there on some things for SMU, um, which will come. You know, you have a, a, a program that, you know, has a lot of new faces, new players. Um, I know Preston Stone missed a um, you know, back shoulder throw to, um, I believe it was Romella Brinson on the sideline. But when you look at this team overall, there there's things to clean up. And there's a couple penalties here and there. I think they had, um, uh, they ended up six penalties, 41 yards. But you also look at this game from the standpoint of you got a couple of moments there where you got some help. You know, Louisiana Tech on a punt has 12 guys on the field. Your drive continues. Louisiana Tech, they had a uh, – I believe they had a personal foul. The face mask it was on third down play um, where they tackled Jake Bailey, and that was at the last second that that happened. So they extended the drive, and I believe they ended up scoring after that. Um, so it, it's, it's a game that was – Somebody asked me on the board, and it was a great question. What'd you think? It was better, worse? I would say it's about what I expected offensively. And offensively, you had guys like P.J. Williams, who rotated in at, in at tackle and left guard. I think that left guard spot with Logan Parr, he had a good showing, but I still think it's maybe a little unsettled. Um, and then they're just kind of working through some of their personnel packages. Stone Eby getting in the game as a uh, H-back. That was something that Rhett Lashley said on his radio show. Hey, watch out for Stone Eby. And sure enough, he got some time in there. 
But I, I think to the play calling point for the offense, I felt like at times it was just a little too cute. Other than that, I loved it. I think you look at what they were able to do from a yards per play, and it kind of went kind of teetered off there at the end because they were trying to run the ball so much they weren't hitting explosives and things like that. But they finished 5.8 yards per play. I think middle, early fourth quarter maybe, they were right at 6.5 yards per play, which would average out about around top 15 overall for offenses around the country in 2022. So um, they ran the ball 43 times, I believe, um, which is really, really a good clip to run at. Um, as Rhett Lashley said after the game, if you're running it that often, um, you are going to uh, be winning the game because you're trying to win. You're trying to milk the clock a little bit. You're trying to control the the um, you know the overall flow of the game by running the football. And I felt like at times SMU dictated that tempo. You know, when they wanted to run it three times and go three and out, uh, they did that. But again, they got helped out with the. Uh, 12 men on the field once they were ready to punt. So I think offensively there was a line that they were walking of not wanting to show too much, but also um, maybe being a little, you know, too uh, vanilla um, at times with, with their run game. But then in the past game, I felt like it was too cute. A lot of rollouts, a lot of play action, um, those jet sweeps. So I think offensively, Rhett Lashley, I mean, he said he was stubborn after the game. So I think he knows he's got some things up in the, uh, the old playbook for Oklahoma next week, that game, 5 p.m. Central time on ESPN plus. So um, we'll be there in Norman uh, covering that one. If you're listening right now, we are at Shug's bagels in Mockingbird Plaza. They do open at 6 p.m. for their after hours service. So catch a bagel. Um, you can get it with egg, bacon, cheese, whatever you want on it. Um, they also have the spicy Shug, which I love. They also have great chicken cutlet sandwiches up there. I'm looking at it right now. That red cutlet. Sounds so good. Um, and back to SMU. But we're going to be here uh, every home game broadcasting live, so be sure to um, uh, join us uh, for one of the night games. Grand, uh, Prairie View A&M comes to town uh, later this month. We'll be here. That'll be a 6 o'clock kick. So that should be a little fun. This, this could be a nice little atmosphere if that game gets over by 10. We'll be out here probably around 10, 30, 11 or so. Um, so come check it out then. Probation coach gets the second question. Um, do I think – SMU was vanilla on purpose to avoid giving OU game film. And Rhett Lashley basically answered that, that they were um, pretty vanilla overall. So, you know, I really like um, that when a coach is honest about it and, you know, him comparing it to the North Texas game last year was important. Um, but I'll tell you this as we get to closing this out um, for you guys. One thing that was not the same as last year was that SMU is now a member or will be a member this summer of the ACC. They announced that move on Friday. The conference approved them. Obviously, it was a big, big, big deal for this university. It's been such a long road back to prominence. And I talked to so many people on the boulevard about SMU getting this opportunity to rejoin the, the power conference ranks. I guess we'll call it a power four, but Brett Lashley and the leadership at SMU, which I'm sure just needled the heck out of some TCU fans, called it a top three, the top, a top three conference in college football. Obviously, Big Ten and SEC right now are kind of leading the way, but um, I know that got a lot of people fired up yesterday um, when they said that. And for SMU, they were able to focus in and still have a lot of things that they can get better at. They can clean up. They weren't outside of, I would say, the kicking game. 
there wasn't anything that I sat there and said, oh, that's tough. I will say uh, Louisiana Tech did do a good job on third downs. Um, SMU was 7 of 18 overall on third downs. So that's something that I'd like to see a little bit better job at. But, you know, for SMU, uh, they were also 3 of 4 on fourth downs. So uh, that's a good clip to be hitting there if you're SMU. With the move to the ACC, there was so much excitement on campus. A lot of people just talking to me about just how much it meant. Um, talked to some people that have been around uh, a little bit. And, um, and I talked with Brad Cheeves, um, who's the VP of External Affairs for SMU on the Boulevard. And uh, he just said he's never heard so much excitement around uh, this school right now. It, 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 it is comparable to when the Bush Library was brought to campus, quite honestly. But SMU being in the ACC is an absolute game changer for them. Uh, they're going to be able to capitalize on this both athletically and academically uh, with how they bring in students and also, of course, with money being brought in. I know the nine years is a lot more go, but um, that's why SMU has a lot of people that are ready to stroke that check so that they can make this happen, and they did. They were able to push it across the finish line. And one thing that I took, took away from uh, today watching this game is, honestly, the student section. They were there pretty much on time. Um, as much as you can be for an 11 a.m. game when you're trying to enjoy the boulevard. And the stadium for the wideout, which is obviously the first game of SMU uh, each SMU season at home, they'll wideout the stadium. Brett Lashley talked a lot about, one, why the wideout is an advantage for SMU, but also what it meant to have that type of atmosphere in Ford Stadium. And while it wasn't a completely packed house, it was a great atmosphere uh, for the team to go out and open their season with. And he said, it's a small glimpse of what could come in the ACC. I did. I mean, you see the student section when the game started, all four sections behind the visitor's bench. It changes the feel. You hear, you can hear them chanting. Like, that's the atmosphere you want. Now, when you get up 31 to nothing, they're excited about the boulevard. So, you know, I don't know what I would have thought in college. Who knows? And it's hot. But that first half was great. I mean, that's what we want. That's the atmosphere. I think you get a feel for how the stadium being closed in is going to be. I mean, I, we had a wide out. And, I get it. I got a lot of questions like, okay, our marketing team does a great job. The whiteout's for the fans. And I know we wore blue jerseys, but there's reasons for that. I mean, now sometimes you got to rely on the other team to let you switch jerseys. I'm not saying they didn't do that. But the other is if you got, if you're the, you know, look at Penn State, they started whiteouts. They wear blue for their whiteouts. And, and the reason is you got everybody in the stands in white and the other team in white. Now your guys stand out to your QB better, right? There's a contrast there. Well, if you got everybody in the stands white and your dudes are running around in white, that's actually harder for you than the other QBs. So, like, there's some stuff to it. Um, so, if anybody wants to be wondering why we wore blue jerseys, they can ask me. But, um, but the, the whole student section in white, they were loud. It was, it was, it was great. And I think that's what she's gonna gonna see down the road here for a home environment. It, it was uh, pretty funny to hear him talk about uh, how the. Uh the whiteout actually helps them offensively. And that's why they wear the blue jerseys. I know um, that's something that has been talked about here and there through the years. So it's funny that he even addressed it. A um, couple quick notes as we uh, close out, Kamar Wheaton was suspended uh, for the first game uh, dating back to an academic deal in the summer where he missed some class. So Rhett Lashley and his staff kind of held him accountable for that. Uh, he was on the sidelines. I saw him down there, um, but he was not dressed out, but he was suspended for the game. Jaden Jones, uh, who has a big club on his left uh, hand and is uh, still kind of, you know, recovering and is going to get that off at some point, did get some snaps today. So that was a good thing for SMU um, to get another edge player on the field. 
Um, I, I think they're they look really deep at that position. So that's a nice takeaway um, when you have a guy like Nelson Paul, who was here earlier, guy like Cam Robertson, who, who flashed a little bit. He's very strong. He's not he's not as twitchy, maybe. Um, you know, coming off that edge, and then you've got Isaiah Smith and Jalen Samuels, and you added Jaden Jones, who's played a good bit of football too. So they've got some depth in that outside pass rusher spots where um, they like to bring them off the edge. So overall, is a good good first game. Thirty-eight uh, fourteen, can't argue with that. Uh, Scott Sanford asking a question. The early prediction for the OU game. Um, I think I, I can't predict SMU to beat OU right now. And one thing, and I've said this before, is SMU hasn't been able to do it on the road against Power 5 opponents not named TCU. Um, I think OU, um, where OU has been able to show that they have a little something maybe this year compared to last year. I know it's Arkansas State. I know it's a, a football team that is not really on their level at all. Um, but they were able to go out there and, and win 73 to nothing. That's a pretty convincing win um, for me. So I, I think OU comes away with it early on. I think this SMU team and one thing, you know, and I think Louisiana Tech showed this a little bit. I, I think FIU is that bad of a team in a sense, but I think Louisiana Tech kind of jumped up a little bit going into this game. I, I felt like they had a, moments here and there. But for SMU, their biggest jump is going to go from week one to week two. They've played. They have things to work on now instead of, you know, looking up the same practice footage of the SMU offense going against the SMU defense. Now they have some real takeaways to clean up, and they have plenty of time to do that. I mean, the the day is still young on Saturday, um, but our coverage uh, at Shug's Bengals is wrapping up here. But an early prediction for this OU game as we uh, get out of here. I think right now I'll I'll pick Oklahoma thirty-eight SMU SMU twenty-eight. I think that's probably where I'm at right now. Um I'm interested to see what the line is gonna be when it comes out. Um but for SMU, uh this is a good first step. They've got some things to clean up. They've also got some positives to take away from this thirty-eight fourteen win over Louisiana Tech. So Guys, reminder, subscribe to OnThePonyExpress.com. A dollar for your first month. We had tons of people sign up on Friday um, when the news dropped about the ACC. You could also subscribe for 50% off annual subscriptions as well. So join us for this football season as SMU plays out its final season in the AAC before moving on to the ACC. Going to drop some recruiting notes this week as well as SMU now with that power conference invite is looking to flip some top targets on their board. So with that, guys, I'm Billy Ambody. This has been the After Stang Show, live from Shug's Bagels in Mockingbird Plaza. We're here every home game, post game, um, and we're looking forward to doing this all season long. So appreciate Shug's. Check them out. After Hours starts at 6 p.m. Central. You can order your bagels and get it going. Appreciate you guys for listening. Thanks for uh, being with us and submitting some questions as well. So we will catch you guys um next week on another edition of the after stang show hello it is ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day couldn't we just to make up for things like sitting in traffic doing the dishes counting your steps you know all the mundane stuff that is why i'm such a big fan of chumba casino chumba casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.